Welcome to the DILF podcast, as in dad, I'd like to friend. I'm your host, Kevin Selden, and today's guest is a father of two who decided to create a small YouTube channel in April of this year to offer some friendly dad advice to those in need. Advice he sorely lacked growing up after his own father left him and his seven siblings when he was just 14 years old. That YouTube channel is called Dad, How Do I? And it now has over 2.4 million subscribers. Rob, welcome to the DILF podcast. As you know, we are focused on a raw and honest exploration of parenting from the often underestimated perspective of a dad. And you are someone who exemplifies being a sincere and honest version of themselves as a dad to what has now become <laughs> much of the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little intimidating. <laughs> Your story is such, it's a beautiful story. Obviously, it is very hard to come from a home like you did. I don't like the term broken home, but to come from such a difficult situation, but you kind of turned it around, found love, had kids. Now, what made you, after almost 30 years, uh, after your, your, your dad left, what made you all of a sudden consider wanting to do something like this? Yeah. So I, my daughter and I talk all the time about adulting um, and she was starting a business. So even more so, we were talking pretty regularly about, you know, a lot of adult questions. And so I thought that maybe this could help a few people. You know, obviously there's certain things you can't do over, the, you know, in a YouTube video, you can only do so much, but I thought I'd at least start with a how-to. And then I, I was hoping to actually move into, you know, some more dad advice where, kind of encouraging words and that stuff, you know, because there's obviously way more to being a dad than just fixing things. But I didn't know how that was going to work. And it just happened to to work out that way that I was able to because when my um, channel went viral, I was, uh, I was a bit of an emotional wreck trying to figure out what just happened with my life because I had a pretty good life before, you know. Uh, yeah, so thankfully, I've been able to share some other things because uh, there's so much more to being a dad than just fixing things. One thing that's so fascinating about your brand, and I feel like why over 2 million people now are subscribers to your YouTube channel, is that there's sincerity to it that is really beautiful. I feel like your brand touches on so many of the themes uh, that this podcast often discusses. We talked about that a little in our, in our pre-interview. Episode 10 was all about can we use quarantine to become better versions of ourselves. And I feel like you did it. You, you, you use quarantine to create this YouTube channel that, you know, so many of us become apathetic during quarantine and you actually used it to create something beautiful that's inspired so many. What gave you the courage to do that during quarantine? <laughs> yeah, I, I had some time on my hands. I'm not going to act like it's more profound than that. I mean, it's something that I wanted to do. And then my daughter, through her encouragement, I thought, okay, well, I, it, you know, I, I did how to tie a tie was my first one. And there wasn't much of a commitment there because uh, it was only a couple minutes, you know. And then so we put that out there and my daughter shared it with some of her. So she's in some kindness groups, you know, Facebook groups that promote kindness. And then she's part of this uh there's a podcast called Scrubbing In and it promotes kindness and they call themselves the scrubbers. And so she shared it with them and, and they all 
loved it. And so I thought, well, oh my goodness, I, you know, I thought I was just going to have a few subscribers and if I could help one person, that's worth it. And I had no idea it would turn out to be <laughs> what it's become. It's uh, that group was the impetus. Yeah, that's exactly right. And their encouragement too, they were like, this is needed. And I think because of the quarantine too, it also, and you know, people are looking for for a connection. I've shared this in some of my other interviews. I, you know, when we go walk our dogs, I'm waving at everybody, <laughs> you know, cause we, I, I miss the connection, the human interaction with people. Quarantine has an interesting way with technology and everything in our lives nowadays of locking us together yet making us feel so alone. Yeah. I feel like that's one of the beautiful things about what you've created is you've kind of created an environment where people feel supported. Yeah, it's kind of been, it's kind of unique because people, um, again, we started this with kindness. We thought, you know, you know, I'm told to be kind to one another and we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves. You know, I, I really wanted to promote that and the internet can be pretty toxic at times. And yeah. I love the community that's kind of built around my channel. Um, <laughs> the interesting thing though, the flip side of that is, you know, it's it, the need for it is, can be a little overwhelming for me because it's like, you know, I, I don't want to lose my family in this. This is, you know, I didn't do this to be famous. I didn't do it to make money. I didn't, you know, I had a pretty good life before, like I've shared, I, you know, so the tricky part now is now that it's up there and there's a community that's built around my channel, you know, cause I've, I've told my kids, if this is not something that you like, if you feel like it's, you know, dr making us grow apart, I'll shut it down. You know, it's that's not worth it to me. You know, my wife and my kids are worth more than anything to me. But now <laughs> I don't know that that's an option because there's a community that's been built around my channel. And I, I so anyway, I'm still trying to navigate that because it's all so new. I think it's beautiful that that was the mentality in the beginning. And I, I think anything's an option, to be honest. But I think that it's so important that maybe even that you present that to your viewers and subscribers. We discussed a little on the pre-interview your concerns about kind of being put on this pedestal. Can you talk a little about that? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that that opportunity because I, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm far from it. You know, I'm a normal human that will lose my temper and I'll, you know, uh, yeah. So I... I and I also worry about that with my kids. I don't, you know, they're not perfect. And they would be the first ones to tell you that. They're good functioning adults and their hearts are in the right place. And I'm very proud of them. But I, I worry about it being projected on them that they have to live this perfect life because that that's unreasonable. You can't put that on anybody. I mean, none of us are perfect. Exactly. And I feel like that—that that is something sad about our society is that we see someone we like and then we get this picture perfect version of them in our minds. And then unfortunately, people add to it by only putting the good out there. And, and then we idealize them like they're not real. Yeah. I'm just curious if you could speak to any tough times that you had with your kids or just as a parent as they were growing up? You know, yeah. I mean, we've definitely, there's times where, you know, we, uh, I, I probably didn't handle things well. Um, my son played baseball and, you know, the politics and all that was really hard. Um, you get caught up in performance a little bit and I got away from my purpose for my son. And so when he became, when he 
um, was in college, we actually had a good cry for about a half hour just, and I apologized to him. I said, I probably didn't handle things um, the best. And I, I'm sorry for that. And I let him speak freely. And he's, and I was like, man, it was good. It was, <laughs> you know, it was healthy to cough that up for all of us. So then we can all move on. And, you know, your worth isn't in what kind of baseball your player you are. <laughs> your worth is the fact that, you know, you're a human and you're my son above anything else. I don't care if you're a successful baseball player or not. I just want you to be a good human. I mean, what I love about that is the fact that mistakes are made with every single one of us as humans, let alone as parents, but yet still uh, there's opportunities for change. It doesn't define who you are as a human, as a parent. You know, you have a great relationship with your kid now. So for parents out there who are going through a tough time, just seeing that you can come out the other end, because uh, I see you as someone with such a complete lack of judgment from watching you. And I love the idea that you want to do even more words of wisdom. I think that takes a lot of courage uh, to do on your channel, but I love that you want to do that. And, and I feel like knowing that you had tough times too, and that not everything was a Brady Bunch yeah. with your with your family, <laughs> and yet seeing that you still have a strong relationship with them, I think is is a wonderful lesson for all of us. Yeah, well, thanks. I, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I think it's so important that people hear this about you. Yeah, thank you. I, I very much appreciate that because I've tried to, and to the best of my ability, you know, communicate that I'm not perfect. But I think that also, like I shared with you earlier um, in the pre-interview, I, I, you know, I, I think that that also then endears me to people. And I, I just hope, you know, I, I really don't want anybody to think I'm I'm perfect or more than I am. And that, you know, the projection can be there and they're calling me Mr. Rogers. And I'm like, ah, you know, Mr. Rogers, I think was part of what was great about him was he, you know, he was, he would admit that he's not perfect. He was real human and uh, vulnerable and that sort of thing. You know, I'm just trying to do the best that I can and try to be the best human that I can, but that doesn't mean I, I don't fall short. I mean, I think that's a beautiful lesson on our dads, too. Uh, many idealize the fathers in their lives, and it's kind of a rude awakening when you grow up and realize they, that they're not perfect. And I feel like it's a beautiful thing to realize that we're all just trying to get by and do the best we can. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And that's a big thing with my kids. And um, I, you know, with I'm a man of faith, and I always uh, have tried to admit, because <laughs> they're going to find out sooner or later, I, I, I joke about that, but it is true. If you try to have this facade that you're, you know, this fake uh, image of who you are, and oh, dad's got it all figured out. Well, you know what, your kids aren't going to be three forever. <laughs> you can get away with that when they're little. But when they get into the teenage years, I think that also causes rebellion. If you, you know, pretend to be something you're not, and then they start finding out Oh, wait a second. Dad's not as great as uh, he was leading me to believe, you know, or I mean, I will argue that great is in the eye of the beholder. You know, we all have different versions of what of what great is. I, what I love about your videos, just to be honest, is it's not like I'm watching the maker of the brand speak about the exactness of how to do a task. It feels like my dad is talking to me in a way that is, um, I have questions. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and I like that. I like yeah. that it's not, not everything is, is expressed in a way that I undeniably know exactly what to do when the video's done. But there is a, a comfort and empowerment in it. One thing you said that I love is to discourage 
is to take away courage from someone, but to encourage is to is to give them courage through yeah. empowerment. And and I I'd love to hear a little more about that because I feel like you're doing so much to empower people. Yeah, yeah. So I used to teach Sunday school and I would write that up on the board. I'd write the word courage and I'd say, hey, you know, what does that make you feel when you see just even seeing the word? It's like, oh man, I, you know, it makes me feel uh, empowered because kids can, you know, I, I mean, when they're young, they tend to be good to each other, you know, and then all of a sudden you get to a certain age and pretty soon you're dividing into your cliques and dealing with all that. And so I wanted to emphasize at a young age to them, you know, be an encourager, you know, I, I mean, not, you don't want to encourage bad behavior, but if somebody has a dream of doing something that they feel like they're called to do, be the person that encourages, not the one that discourages. Cause I think, you know, misery loves company and people sometimes can be jealous of somebody. Wow, that person's got a talent. I need to tear them down. So otherwise it makes me feel <laughs> like I'm worth less. You know, don't be that person. Be the person that encourages somebody so that maybe they step out of their out of their comfort zone and do things that maybe they didn't want to do. I love that. Another quote you said that I loved was your goal in life was to raise good adults, not good children. Can you talk about that a little and your experience as a parent? Yeah, I mean, that, I think that ultimately should be the goal, I think. Um, and it's hard, you know, I, I didn't want to see my, my daughter move, my daughter and her husband, um, great guy, you know, he, he did all the right things. You know, we, we met for lunch before he even asked my daughter out. And so um, at a young age, you know, they got married at 21. I didn't plan on my daughter getting married at 21, right? Um <laughs> But he, I, I said at their wedding, I said, I felt like he handcuffed me because he did such a great, you know, he was shaken in his shoes when he met me because I'm a pretty big guy. Um, <laughs> but he felt like that was the right thing to do. So he did everything. How could you say no? He's such a... <laughs> That's it. It's like, man, this guy is such an amazing young man. And I still think that, you know, seven years later, he, you know, it's one thing to go up before everybody and make promises at a wedding, but to actually live it, this man lives it. He's a great young man. But anyway, so they ended up moving to Tennessee for a time and that was hard. You know, it was like, oh, my daughter's moving away, you know, uh, but this is what needs to happen. She shouldn't live in my basement or, you know, she shouldn't rely on me, me and my wife, you know, this is something that is, is healthy. So that was hard. And then my son um, is now on the East coast and I'm on the West coast. Uh, he had a job offer to go over there and my wife and I supported it. It's the right thing. You know, that's what, <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do. Right. I mean, it's, and he's thriving, doing great things and I'm proud of him. It doesn't mean it. We didn't cry when he moved, you know, it's hard to, Oh man, my, my son's moving away. That was, that's hard, but it's ultimately what we were wanting to accomplish. My wife and I. Let's go back even, even further. I'm curious to know with having such a tough childhood and having your brother be the parental figure for you and having to move in with your brother and his newlywed wife at 14 in a, in a very small space. How, how did you take the things you learned or the things you didn't learn and have them in essence influence your life as a parent? I mean, was it tricky for you when you first had a kid? It was, you know, I, I, I shared this too, that, you know, you, um, when you first have your kid, you promise them in the world <laughs> and then you, 
uh, life gets in the way, you know, you get busy, your work is tough. You have, you know, you have a bad day at work or you have a, you know, a struggle with traffic or whatever. And then you're, you come home and your kid wonders why you're grumpy because they don't understand what you've kind of been through. So you can do, uh, you know, best laid plans. But anyway, I, I think I've always shared that you want to get back on track as soon as you possibly can. Don't let that riff grow, you know, um, cause I think as men at times we can, you know, our pride gets in the way and we want to, uh, be the man. But I think part of being the man is being vulnerable and admitting your, your mistakes. Thankfully I had six older siblings and I have one younger sibling. And when I turned 50, I'm in my mid fifties now, but when I, when I turned 50, I went around to each one of them and said, this is what I learned from you. You know, I had the advantage of kind of being the younger sibling and learned, I learned family from my sister, Mary, and I learned, uh, hard work ethic from my brother, Rick, the one I lived with. And I learned encouragement from my sister, Lori. And I, you know, I learned to not be afraid from my brother, Joe. I learned to be uh, generous from my brother, Dawn, and from my younger sister, all the stuff that she went through. I learned perseverance. She, she, it was, you know, she's five years younger than me when all this happened. And so she went to live with my oldest sister, Mary, so I, I, thankfully, I was able to learn a bit from, from each of them. That's a beautiful support network. Yeah. I mean, that's such a wonderful lesson. And it, the lessons don't always have to come from your parents. You know, yeah. support network is so crucial. We talk about that a lot on the podcast. Who knows if things would have been different with your parents had they possibly had a stronger support network, having to leave home because of work and, and money concerns and not being so close to their family. Your mother was what, one of 12? Yeah, my mom was one of 12. She was a twin and she was the, then they were the baby twins. And yeah, so kind of make a long story short, but we were in, our family was in Wichita, Wellington area of Kansas. And um, the first six children were born there. And then, um, and then the work dried up. My dad worked for Boeing and work dried up. And I think my mom saw herself, you know, hanging, like you said, the support network, um, having all of her kids growing up with all of, you know, the, the cousins and the aunts and uncles all being right there. And, um, but because Boeing dried up and so understanding my dad's side too, you know, he got six kids and doesn't have any work. What's he going to do? And so he made the decision to move us to new Orleans. Um, for the space program with Boeing. And I, that's where I was born in New Orleans. And then he moved us up to Seattle. And so I think that took a toll on my mom um, being that far away from that support network. We talked a little earlier about the lack of support network for dads. Did you feel you had a strong support network as a dad when you first got into this? Yeah, I, I, uh, again, I'm, you know, I go to church. So, you know, there's a great network there where I met a lot of other men, you know, and you kind of find your little group that you fit in with where, um, and I think you and I had shared earlier too, I listened to one of your podcasts about, you know, the, the dads and the moms kind of separate, and then you wanted to go hang out, you know, with your kids, you know, and the kids yeah. were with the moms and I'm with you. That's where I was. I, I wanted to be with my kids and, you know, you, even in church, you're going to find certain people that still have the male and female roles where, you know, oh, that's a man thing. Oh, that's a guy or, you know, a woman thing. And I always enjoyed hanging out with my kids. And so, um, so you got to find the right people that are, you know, kind of fit in with what, um, how you see, how you see things. And did you feel that your dad had a strong support network? Uh, 
That's interesting that you say that. I don't, I don't know that he did. I, you know, he came from a little different generation. He was born in 28 and things were just kind of a little bit different back then. And, you know, my perspective on it, we, thankfully we reconciled before he passed, he passed five years ago. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I haven't really thought about, I thought about that. I, I think it's beautiful that you, that you did have the, the grace to reconcile and forgive but I, I, that, I guess that's something about human nature that in doing this podcast, I've been thinking so much about how the importance of support network. And uh, it was one, actually one of the themes of, of a last episode. And we're really working in 2020 to, to build out some opportunities for more support for dads. And I, and I think about some of the things that our parents went through and our grandparents went through. And I, I don't know. I, uh, we can't know for sure. But I wonder if your dad had the opportunity to discuss some of the pressures that he was feeling monetarily or with having so many kids or having that opportunity. Who knows how things would have gone down. It becomes a pressure cooker without talking about it with anyone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's interesting. I know. Unfortunately, my relationship with him um, was always superficial in my adult life until kind of at the end where even then and by that time he was 80 so he died at 87 so he's around 82 when we when we reconciled but i as i'm looking into his eyes i'm kind of looking through him and so how you know you couldn't yeah. really have this really heart to heart talk with this man who was fair was kind of a little bit more frail um yeah i wonder if that's so. something you learned you learned to be the opposite almost i mean obviously you learned a lot from your siblings but that's i could not describe you more in the opposite. When you look in your eyes on those videos, or even just for the short period of time we've been talking, I feel like I, you know, people feel like they know you. And I think that's something they don't know you, obviously. Yeah. Um, and maybe they're idolizing you, but I think there's a beauty in your sincerity and your vulnerability. Um, so maybe that's one of the blessings that came out of that tough upbringing. Yeah. I've always tried to be real. I, I don't want to pretend to be somebody I'm not with this new notoriety i've gotten opportunities to you know promote things um and i'm, I'm not going to do it my name is worth more than anything you know unless it happens naturally if it's something where I, you know i don't i just promoted a dewalt drill and i'm not getting any money for it i just did it because i believe <laughs> it's a good drill you know and i yeah. i would i would promote it to my own kids and that's what i've tried to do on my channel is, you know, give you advice that I would give to my own kids, because again, my name is worth more than anything to me. I'm not going to sell out because I, I, it's not worth it to me. I love that. Also, I love the story time concept where you, where you read a book and then ask people to donate a dollar for a chance to win a, a signed version of the book. I think that's so brilliant. Now that you have this platform, do you have other ideas like that in store that you hope to achieve with access to this large audience? I plan to once a month. I, I, <laughs> I told my uh, management team, I felt like I got out over my skis. Uh, you know, I, I, we, my daughter and I talk, talked about it. I thought, ah, oh, I think that's a great idea. You know, why not and just use it to just completely give back? I'm not looking for anything monetarily, but if we can promote kindness and promote generosity towards good causes, then let's do that. I don't want to overstep my bounds and I don't want to be, uh, pretend I'm more than I am. You know, I'm just a man trying to encourage people and help people, um, to the best of my ability. I just don't want people to get tired of me, you know, I, I, cause I, I, 
I've shared with my own family, my, you know, my siblings, I'm like, I'm tired of seeing my face everywhere. So uh, if it's something that benefits people, I'm happy to, um, to do it. But I also don't want to pretend I'm, you know, I don't want to be full of myself and, oh, they really want to, they want more of me, you know? And so it's, that's a bit of a struggle. On the flip side, I mean, they can always turn it off. You know, it's not, it's, you can't turn off dad, but you can turn off a YouTube channel. <laughs> that's, I, that's fair. Yeah. But it is, I totally hear you. It's, it's such a weird thing. It's like, well, what if they don't want to hear from me? You know what I mean? I do. I, <laughs> every time I put up a load, load, a you know, video, I'm like, oh, this is going to be the one they're going to go. Oh, dad, you jumped the shark on this one. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> You know, recently I saw a video and you ended it with, I love you. I'm, I'm proud of you. And I know you always started with, Hey kids, but I, I have a dad who's a wonderful dad. And growing up, he was not the most vulnerable. I think he was very young when he had me in his twenties. And as he's gotten older, you know, I, I am someone who pushes for walls to be dropped. I feel like I've broken him down a little, Yeah. but he's definitely much more vulnerable now. And, and he tells me he loves me all the time, but yet still, when you said, I love you, I'm proud of you. I still teared up. And I, I mean, I'm also very vulnerable person, but I just feel like there's a sincerity when you say it. And I, I would love to talk a little about your thoughts on men being vulnerable in front of their kids, because a lot of the internet, like it or not, and we do want them to know that you shouldn't be idealized but and, and idolized, but you still are seen as a father figure. And so your vulnerability is such an important model to so many men out there. Yeah, I, 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 so I had to actually have a mission statement for myself so that I remained true to myself and true to my channel and true to my subscribers, right? And so I one of the things I'm hoping to do is to encourage dads. You know, I want other dads to step up. If you've gotten off track, you know, get back on track. And, you know, um, anything I can do, if I help one person or, you know, or a million, I, I want to help people to be better dads. And so... I think part of being a good dad is being vulnerable. I think, you know, the previous generations were, you know, you needed to be stoic and be strong. And, but I think, I don't know. I don't know how well that works today. I think you really got to be honest with your kids. And this is again, one man's opinion, but I think by being vulnerable and admitting your mistakes and again, being a Christian, I, you know, we prayed with my kids and that it gives you a great opportunity to pray and, you know, I'm just trying to do the best I can and understanding that my role is to be a, f- a father to my kids. I think that's a beautiful message too. As a Jew, I feel like the reason that message is so accessible has nothing to do with religion as much as it has to do with being humble and stating clearly and showing an example to your kids that you are not the end all be all, you know, that there are greater forces at work and that we have to be humble. Amen. No, I absolutely agree with that. And I, I think with my channel too, you know, I, I was, you know, I'd be even more of an emotional wreck reading the heartbreak and the pain and all, you know, in the comments and what people have been through. And I've shared that, you know, I've been through some stuff, but there's no question people have been through worse stuff than me. Some of the comments I'm like, oh, my heart just breaks for you. I mean, some of the stuff that has been, has happened to people and how dads have betrayed trusts with their children is like, oh, those are the ones I just, you know, I, it's one thing to be a, 
a bad dad, an absent dad, or, 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 you know, leaving, you know, or absent emotionally or physically, but also, you know, some of the abuse and stuff is just off. So people have looked to it almost like a therapy platform, like actually revealing that kind of stuff in common. Yeah. Yep. I know. It's amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah. And actually people have even said, this has helped me more than my therapy, just even listening to me talk. So it's funny because my drill, I did a one video on a drill yesterday that came out and some people were like, dad, you probably could have made it shorter. And then some people are saying, dad, why couldn't you have made it longer? They just wanted to hear me talk from a dad (laughs) kind of giving advice. So it's, it's kind of interesting. One of the comments I read, you said something like, when I teared up, you said, I'm proud of you. And I think some girl wrote, that's the first time uh, a man has ever told me that they were proud of me. And what I love about the community that you've built is without you saying anything, the community responded by saying, you've always been awesome. Like there was like 50 comments to this girl's comment. Like they all let her know that they were proud of her as well. (laughs) And I thought that was beautiful. Yeah. No, absolutely amazing. That's, uh, yeah, that I love the fact that, and I've shared that. I was like, you know, I, I really kind of need you guys to rally around each other because I just don't have the bandwidth. Without realizing it, you're encouraging an energy of support, right? Yeah. Of being a role model and, uh, to each other. Just the fact that you made a video like that. And as a man and as a father, you blatantly stated that, you love me and are proud of me on a video looking into my eyes without ever seeing me or knowing who I am. <laughs> There's a level of vulnerability there that sends a message to people that it's okay you know, to do that. Yeah. I know that uh, people close to me uh, have felt with their own parents, I've heard, that their parents never told them those things because they didn't want to, what's the word? Uh, build up their egos too much. <laughs> you know? Isn't that crazy? And I feel like- yeah. That's just a mentality, uh, kind of an old school mentality, but you're kind of breaking those walls. And I think that there's a beauty in you letting the audience know that you are just a man and you're not perfect, but yet simultaneously, they don't have to be either and they can still support each other as much as you're supporting them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's it. I, yeah. And the fact that, yeah, it, it, that's breaks my heart that people haven't, been told that they're proud, you know, that their parents are proud of them. It's like, I, I think, and I go back to this too, when you're, when you're holding your baby for the first time, you're promising them the world, you know, but they can't talk back to you. <laughs> but then as they get a little older, you know, maybe pride gets in the way or whatever. It's interesting, you know, um, where now you stop, you know, you're not going to tell them you're proud of them. You know, you need to take the time to do that because that's important, you know, and they, they long for it. Um, as you see, you know, the comments, the fact that, man, you know, I've never heard that ever. What? I, you know, I tell my kids I'm proud of them all the time and I try to catch them doing something good, you know, instead of always catching them do, doing something bad. You want to encourage that behavior by, hey, I saw how you were kind to that guy over there and gave him your ice cream cone or whatever, you know, I, I, that way to go. You know, I'm proud of you for that. Um, and then also telling them you love them. I, I never miss the opportunity to tell my wife and my kids that I love them, you know, because life's short. You don't know how long you have. Did you get those words of encouragement growing up? Uh, not so much. I think my parents started really well. Um, and I think my older siblings got to see more of that. You know, like my oldest sister, she was out of the home by the time uh, everything 
fell apart. Um, and so I think she got a good foundation from my parents. I think my parents did start out really well. Um, it just unfortunately went off the rails. Well, if you could give advice to other parents or the, or even the best parenting advice you ever received. Yeah. I, I, one of the things I always say, and I've already even shared that I think is, um, being vulnerable and admitting your mistakes and getting back on track. If you've gotten off track, get back on track as soon as you possibly can. Cause you know, you don't want that gap to grow and it, understand that, you know, you can break the cycle. If you didn't have the example, do whatever you can. I read all the time, you know, I'm a avid reader, um, trying to understand and, you know, the best that I can. Um, so, you know, don't just don't play the victim. I, I think that that happens, unfortunately. And meanwhile, your life's going by, you know, um, there's a song by Switchfoot. I, I referenced them in, in another, um, but they have really good lyrics. And it says, this is your life. Are you who you want to be? You know, it, it is your life. You, you can hide behind maybe the trauma or whatever, but ultimately, meanwhile, years are passing by and you're allowing those years to be eaten by the locusts instead of, you know, instead of um, doing something about it. Any final dad truth to leave us with? I, I think the big thing is, you know, um, understanding that you're not perfect and I'm not perfect and you'll never be perfect. And so cut yourself some slack. And if that's what's caused you to get off track, then uh, get back on track because life is short. You know, I was young and I'm old. <laughs> it, it happens in the blink of an eye. You know, my kids were young and they're gone. You know, I mean, I, I, they're not completely gone, obviously. I'd still walk alongside yeah. them. But um, I think that that's, you know, don't let years pass by because life is life goes by so quick. Well, I think that without putting you on a pedestal, I will say I think you are a beautiful example of someone who has taken control of their life, gone through tough times, come out the other end, um, not been a perfect parent, but yet having a great relationship with your kids, but a real relationship with ups and downs, and then looking to just encourage others with sincerity and and wisdom and lack of judgment. And I think that's a beautiful role model without you needing to be perfect. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I had a superficial relationship with my dad when he left and I never really got that deep relationship with him. And so I think maybe that's why uh, I've seen what a superficial relationship looks like and it sucks. <laughs> it's not, you know, if you can't ever talk about anything um, real and deep and we're just kind of pretending that we're close and we're posing for pictures and that sort of thing, you know, I want more than that. And that's what I've tried to do with my kids. And I, I, you know, I end up talking about myself a lot, but my wife and I were on the same page. She's a big part of this. I didn't raise good adults. We raised good adults. So I have to make sure people understand it was a team, you know? I love that. Well, I just want you to know that it has been a pleasure talking to you and I look forward to seeing more videos and thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Kevin. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it or writing a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And for comments, questions, or future episode topic suggestions, you can find us on Instagram at Dilf Podcast, and you can DM us or write a comment on the most recent post and have a wonderful day.
Thank you so much.